Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It is so good to have you here today. I interviewed Elsie Brown, and this was a couple of months back, but I met Elsie through TikTok. And what I really appreciated about her is she's very committed to her own style. She is on a journey. She shares her journey, and then she shares her insights, her wisdom, her best practices. And I really value any practitioner or anyone in this space who comes at it from their own way and shares their journey because if we only share the highlights, how do we learn? (laughs) So I probably need to get better about sharing on social media. I'm on the podcast. I share with you guys all my dirt. I'm fine with that. But when it comes to social media, I need to figure out a way to do that better. So anyway, on that note, here is my interview with Elsie and you are going to hear me do more interviews with folks who, you know, I really want to get into the actual path people took to get to the point where they practice energy or conscious spirituality in their day-to-day lives. Because it doesn't matter if you're an esthetician or a bus driver or a teacher or someone who makes furniture or works in a corporate job, we're always spiritually on. So how do we bring more elements of ourself into the day-to-day life? And our society is like full steam ahead in that direction. And then here you and I and others are trying to blaze this trail and figure it out. And we will get there. There is another side to all of this. And I hope I see it in my lifetime. Who knows? But here is my interview with Elsie. Enjoy. Welcome everyone to the Your Energy First podcast. I'm your host, Emily Marie, and it is such a pleasure to have you here today to co-create with you in this space and to talk about all things your energy. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today, I'm going to be having a conversation, sharing a conversation with Elsie, who is with me here today. I would love for you to introduce yourself. I'm Elsie. I'm an energy intuitive and life coach and general philosophical person. (laughs) Yeah. And you uh, live on some property with some pretty fun animals. Yeah. I live on 16 acres on a, a farm in Oregon. It's more like a, like a hobby farm. We have just a few goats, a few pigs, a few dogs. That's awesome. I do not have a farm, but I live near the water and the animals that come around make my heart sore. I love them so much. So we, you and I, as we were getting ready for this conversation today, we're talking about, we're just kind of doing a check-in for how we're both feeling. And uh, yeah, why don't we reiterate that for the sake of this podcast? So how are you feeling today? Yeah, I have felt so overwhelmed out of nowhere. And I'm having one of those weeks where it feels like I'm overscheduled. But I'm just overscheduled for the amount of energy that I happen to have. For my normal amount of energy, 
I have just a fine schedule. So you never know how you're going to feel. But I always get down on myself because I want to show up in a certain way. And I have so much pressure to be perfect, you know, but we are here to talk about energy. And so I feel like the awareness of energy is a really good topic. Agreed. Agreed. I also get the impression, and I would love your take on this, that there's this idea out there. I think uh, modern spirituality is a bit broken. I think there's this concept of people that either have a gift or an ability, and then the people that don't. Like there's either people that have an intuition and have a spiritual skill set. And then there's the people that are like on the receiving end of it. Mm-hmm. And and then of course there's people like myself or like you who this is what we do professionally. But to me, it's no different than someone who say is a chef, but everybody mm-hmm. cooks, right? Or someone who's a personal trainer, but everybody works out. So what I love about your share about how you were feeling is also the fact that just because you do this line of work professionally, it doesn't mean we're always on this like spiritual high vibe plane. (laughs) Everybody is a spiritual being. And I feel like there's this tendency to say that some people are more spiritual than others and that some people have gifts and some people don't. It's more that some people have a gift more in one direction. Like I have the gift of wavy, thick hair. And some people have really thin hair, but they have really beautiful eyes or something. So I don't know. I just think about it. Ram Dass had a teaching about like the forest is full of different kinds of trees. And some of them are really tall and some of them are really fat and like stumps. And every single tree serves the forest in a different way. And that's how I've come to see people is just like everybody is a spiritual being that serves the collective in their own unique way. And it's so funny. We develop this idea of what we're supposed to be, and we completely waste our energy trying to be whatever that archetype is that we think is the best. You know, we have just trouble being in our own gifts. I agree. Why do you think that is, if we like broad stroked, why do you think it's so tough for us to be that way? There has been not enough validation and emphasis on uniqueness and gifts. I think that human design actually opened that up a lot for me, like to see that some people are just anarchists and the best thing that they do is just uproot everything. And other Mm -hmm. people are like completion. So they're, they're like here to help everybody complete their energy, just all kinds of stuff like that. I believe that we de- like we develop these ideas about what we're supposed to be so that we can feel safe. It's the same reason that we try to predict the future is like, oh, yes, I will be this. And then this is going to be a good thing for me to be. It's much harder to just be what you are. Also, I've been connecting so much with the idea because I- I've been doing a lot of shadow work. And it's kind of in the same way that like people don't want to be gay. You know, it's not so much anymore, but people used to be like, no, no, I cannot be gay. That's not okay to be. I have parts of me that are very manipulative and want to lie to people and want to be greedy. And so much of my healing is just like about integrating those things. 
you know, and like everybody has pieces of themselves that they don't want to be. And the greater that we can bring those in and be aware of them, we don't have to act out in them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So many good points you just made. What to you is, I guess, what is the shadow? Simply put. It's any part of me that was fractured away and abandoned. So there's a part of me that really likes to enjoy fatty, delicious foods. And I watched my mom hate herself for her body. And I went, oh, well, if I enjoy delicious foods, then I will be fat and nobody will love me and I'm going to hate myself. And so every time I see like a cupcake or a brownie, I just go, no, no, that's bad. That is not only unhealthy for you, but that's going to make you a bad person. Like there's some part of me. And so I don't know, that's kind of the way that the shadow is showing itself to me right now is just like, what do I reject? What won't I let in? You know? Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. It's interesting because as you're sharing this, it makes me realize sometimes we don't even, it's so normal for us to have those thoughts that we don't realize that they're unhealthy because we're projecting onto ourselves. And we will perpetuate it, even if we know that it's something that we don't want. I notice myself doing this with like a hardworking attitude. So like I've been doing so much work around the connotation of laziness. This comes back to like energy ideas, like believing that people are lazy if they are taking time for themselves or they're being selfish if they're taking time for themselves. And I have... I've realized that so much of this is like our economic training about like always being productive and always optimizing our actions. And we have a teenager in the house and she has not gotten into her full adulthood productivity mode. Like it happened for me around 18 years old, where I remember like suddenly feeling like if I'm not producing something, then I am in some way failing. And I see her being able to rest and being able to like wake up at 1 p.m. and not feel guilty about it at all. And I find myself reinforcing in her that she needs to work hard, that she needs to wake up at a decent time and almost like in a guilty way. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa that's not what I want for her. I would much rather her be comfortable with waking up whenever she wants, because that's what I want for myself. And yet I still reinforce, you have to work hard. You have to put in a lot of hours. You have to do things that you don't want to do in order to be successful in this life, which I don't believe is true anymore. I think that is so interesting because That story you just shared, I see how that is the direction we're headed. And I have no clue how we're going to go from this industrious life that we're all currently in to that. I have no clue how this is going to (laughs) work. I see how there's so many people in this community who they're on this trajectory of the reform, the change. They're figuring it out for themselves step by step. It's not easy. And they often feel as though 
They might be the only person in their household or in their family who's making this shift. So they feel like the crazy one. And it's my personal belief based on my experience that the people who are really stuck and holding, holding the fort down on the old style are those are the souls who are coming here for the most change. Hmm. So whereas we're, those of us who are going through this process are sort of, I guess I wouldn't even say gently guiding. I mean, we probably feel like we're tripping along on our own path. It's what, advice would you give to someone who feels like they are, you know, it's such an internal dialogue. It's such an internal process. Thankfully we have social media to meet like hearted souls that are going through something similar. What would you say to someone who's sort of in that household where they feel like they're changing, they're moving forward. And yet the other people are sort of digging their heels in and stuck. I can see in real time, like the people in my food, because I'm in one of those families where nobody else is spiritual. Although I think all of us are actually light workers. I'm the only one who has embraced it. But what I tend to do is I go, oh, okay, you're choosing to be like in that old stuck energy and I will be here for you when you see the light. And whenever I they want to kind of gaslight me, I feel pretty gaslit and invalidated around my intuitive gifts, around psychic skills, around crystals and chakras and all that stuff. None of that stuff is believed in my household. And so it can feel really invalidating day to day, which is why I have a lot of outlets for that stuff, like on TikTok. And um, I'm like gathering people on the internet to be my support system to remind me. But yes, sometimes I will still abandon myself a little bit around my spiritual self, my spiritual light. And truly it's people like you who remind me, you know, about the inner light, about working with energy. I hope this is not an editing nightmare because I'm kind of going on little monologues with you. Um, We don't edit much for this podcast. It's more like I sneeze. I had a sneezing fit a couple of minutes ago. We'll edit that out and that'll be it. Yeah. Yeah. We go Uh, And like, I have to tell you stuff like that, that I hear on podcasts, it really humanizes it and makes it feel like I'm in the room with people. So even stuff like that, I don't think it needs to be edited out. I lost the next rant that I was going to go on. I'm sure that it'll come back, but I just, my brain lost it. So it's okay. I already have my next question for you. So I always like to share, I always like to preface these, that these things are my opinions based on my experience. Cause I'm always open to, I learn something new every day, energetically. It's my mind's blown pretty much every day. <laughs> so I know that things can evolve. How, what was, what is your, what was your experience like? When did you realize, okay, I am someone who has this skill set. you know, I don't call them gifts because gifts to me are something that, you know, it's like bestowed on someone, right? the psychic abilities or whatever. So your skill set, when did you realize, oh gosh, I'm a little bit more sensitive than the people I'm around? I never believed that I was uh, sensitive or um, intuitive or anything. I was very um, invalidated in like most areas of my life. Like I was very invalidated for my emotions. I was told that everything was okay and that I kind of needed to buck up. I had a very 
tough mom that was kind of like, all right, you're going to walk to school now that you're in fourth grade. Like it was a very, you're going to figure it out. Um, and that's why I'm such a strong person today. And I believe that I wanted that. Um, there's a lot of pressure on me to grow up quickly. So um, I only recognized this in myself when I had um, maybe about seven years sober. So I would have been about 25 or 26 and were encouraged in 12-step programs to have a spiritual life, to develop a spiritual relationship. And so I started on that journey of like, what is my higher power? What is that for me? And I got in a relationship with a man who was very spiritual, who had read a lot of books by um, Dr. Wayne Dyer. And he was like, oh, mediumship, oh, spirits and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, I really identify with that stuff. Maybe it would be okay for me to do that. Maybe it would be okay for me to research this. And it's so funny because I, um, I did not grow up in a religious household. But I definitely grew up in a household that thought um, anything mediumship or energy work was like woo woo stuff and was like not really okay. Uh, as I've gotten older, I've just like integrated more with spirituality and read a lot of books. And he and I read a lot of books together about soul planning. And um, my sister uh, went to a massage therapist slash medium slash Reiki healer. And I had a few readings from him and it opened me up to the idea that people could communicate um, from beyond and um, with the astral realms and that basically what we're experiencing here is not the full picture of reality, that it's only one, it's only one dimension of reality. Uh, so as far as my intuitive gifts I only started to validate those in the last nine months or so. Um, another psychic that my sister found on TikTok, uh, I saw her and she did the cards and I thought the cards were so silly and stupid. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to a tarot reader. And uh, she read me and she was like, you are so intuitive you could be doing what i'm doing but you don't believe that you can uh so she was the beginning of me starting to listen to my intuition and the more i've developed that channel um the stronger it's gotten for me the more i've been able to go okay this is spirit guidance versus this is anxiety um the Claire senses have been so difficult for me because in so many ways, it feels like I'm speaking to myself in my own voice and it's really hard to differentiate that. I think what's helped me a lot there has been um, having a lot of experience with spiritual literature. There's a perfectness to it that regular life doesn't have. And it almost just resonates in my gut where I'm like, that is truth. That's the way I would describe it. And there's music that's like that. There are certain books that are like that. They don't have to be spiritual books. Like there's a spiritual perfectness to some material. Dang. So what I'm hearing is sounds like growing up, you sort of followed curiosities. So through 
partnerships, books, discussions, obviously getting connected with different practitioners. And I know that I'm generalizing your story. And I really resonate too with how you said, I think it was a tarot reader was the one who had to sort of validate for you that you have these, the skill set, these abilities, which I think, I see a lot of people looking for, and it makes sense because if you look at how our society is structured, schools, tests, grades, report cards, and then job, you get a paycheck, you have reviews from your boss, and yet you jump into the spiritual realm. And one of the things spirits taught me why our inner, you know, an inner light is a general term, but why our inner light and why our spiritual practice is so important is because that's where we're going to get our own teachings for ourselves. And then mm. to your point, just that truth, everybody has such a unique truth. Mm-hmm. And so you are, you've developed or you're developing your spiritual, your fine tuning, your awareness around what's you, what's spirit, what's your anxiety. That is such a common thing. Let's say, you wake up one morning and you're doing your morning routine and you, your intention is that you're aligning with your higher self, your source, your spirit guides, whomever, what would happen if say you, what does it feel like when it's your thoughts? What does it feel like when it's not your thoughts and it's the truth you mentioned that perfectness to it? Like, how do you go from, okay, I can tell those are my thoughts right now. How do you shift gears into, okay, I'm aligned with what I want to be aligned with? Does that make sense? My question. Yeah, there's a, there's quite a lack of clarity for me when it is my own thoughts. Uh, So I get caught up in a lot of future tripping and a lot of planning. So for me, when it is spiritual guidance, there is more of a gut feeling and there's more of a present moment clarity. I'm also someone who's quite emotional, which I rejected for the first half of my life. So I really rejected the tendency to be an emotional being and to have a lack of clarity in the moment because I was sad or angry or fearful. And um, a lot of my healing has been around like in the present moment, there's not necessarily truth for me there because I have to become a still pond. Like my my emotional body needs to become still before I know what my truth is. So my spiritual clarity, it has a resonance to it that in the moment, I know that it's true. I don't have to wait. Um, So that could be from like, knowing that my brownies in the oven are ready. Like spirit always does little stuff like that with me where it's like, Hey, uh, you should go get the brownies out of the oven. They're perfectly done right now. Um, And then there's other stuff that's just like, you need to rest, you know, just very clear messages. So when I give my intuitive messages, there's always a feeling of like, it needs to jump out of me. Someone needs to hear this. Like this is for somebody Um, And sometimes it's just for myself and my experience of it. I don't know if this is your experience too. Like I can be quite obstinate to their suggestions, especially around rest. Like, nope, don't want to do that. Nope, not going to do it. Or like, hey, we don't like your boyfriend. We don't think he's very good for you. Um, I'll be like, well, thank you, but um, I'm still going to do it. 
So, uh, right. Like the surprising thing for me is like that spirit, spirit has very good guidance, but sometimes we need the experience on the earth plane to complete us in some way. So like they may say, you're not supposed to be with this person. It's not ultimately good for you, but you're like, well, I really need to be gaslit for a while so that I can learn how to not be with that. I don't want to be with that because I will repeat that lesson if I don't learn it, you know? I love that you're saying this because one of what I see, one of the biggest misconceptions about spirit guides, and I had this misconception myself is I think people have this idea that it's like, okay, once I'm connected to my spirit guides, I'm going to have all of the answers hmm. and I'm just going to follow their guidance and life is going to be easy and I'm not going to make these mistakes and I'm not going to hurt anymore. And our spirit guides and our spirit team to me, I would, if you feel different, I'd love to hear your opinion are like a resource pool. And they're here to help us and to guide us our higher, our, from our higher self, our higher consciousness. And we still get, I, we get to, to interact with them. We get to, like the way you and I are interacting, we get to interact with our spirit. Mm -hmm. We don't have to take, they say, yeah, for direct face value, we can give them pushback. We can say, oh, I want more. I need different. I disagree. Um which I think is going to be a really, once this concept kind of hits the mainstream and people start practicing it this way and they start getting the positive response that in their life from interacting with them this way, I think it's only going to grow um, because the, you, I didn't grow meaning like people are going to start working with their spirit guides more because it just makes a lot more sense and you get more out of it, but you're right. Mm -hmm. It's not always, and, and I, my spirit guides for guidance before. And I make a decision that I fall flat on my face. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second, what was that all about? And they're like, you needed that experience. <laughs> Rude. Rude. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the most important stuff to me. Um, I usually can't get guidance on that stuff um, because I'm not really supposed yes. to know. Yeah. And so it's so frustrating. Like, and I know which ones those are because when I ask for guidance, I get compassion where I'm like, okay, I need the answers about where my money is going to come from for the next six months. And they're like, oh my God, we love you so much. You're doing so good. And I'm like, no, no, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. Give me six steps. How yes. is this money coming in? Yeah. And that's or just the love, lesson. You know, like so much of the stuff I'm realizing that like, we're just, we're here to learn the lessons and they, they support us through it. And what I'm, what I'm finding is that um, they, I'm just so encouraged to use love, to use compassion with myself, to not lean on fear so much, to not lean on guilt so much. And they tell me over and over, just like you, you really can't do this wrong. You know, like stop trying to do everything so perfect. Stop trying to put so much pressure. I hear that all the time too. I, I hear it with that in client sessions all the time. Mm. I mean, that's themes come through in sessions often. And that is definitely one of them is spirit guides letting people know it's almost like they want us to push our boundaries a bit more energetically. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that because they, we can't do it wrong. 
So why not go for it? I totally agree. Like one of the things that I've discovered since becoming more spiritually attuned is like to not be playing so small, like to, um, to go all out in some ways to have as many experiences as possible. Um, I'm getting so many messages about fertility and sexuality. Um, and I, I've kind of been like, do I want kids or do I want to be able to sleep regularly? Like, I really have been like, am I going to have kids in this life? I don't feel like it was strongly planned for me. And I keep coming back to like, eh, just do it, you know, like, just do it. And um, that's the way I've been living for probably the last two years. And I've come up against a lot of new lessons because of it. A lot of responsibilities. And I think that's why that's why we live small a lot of the time is like we do not want to take on responsibilities. We don't want to be at fault for things that went wrong. We don't want to feel guilty about the things that we failed at. Marianne Williamson talks a lot about the the um, tendency to not take on new change, to not take on our own power um, because we do not want the responsibility that comes with it. That couldn't be, that couldn't resonate more. And it brings me to that feeling of, which we touched on earlier, is at the end of the day, we all just want to be safe. Mm-hmm. I think that's our, which is fear in a lot of ways. And then at the same time, also very understandable. Mm-hmm. Very understandable. So you also hold space for messages that you share on your TikTok. And what I have noticed is how there are, there'll be collective themes. So the way I see this energy is say, for example, you and I, you know, there's, there's, you and I each have individual things that we're working on. And then at a collective level, there's different themes, different people are working on, and we all opt into different versions of them. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I call it like energy therapy because we're all doing so much internal processing. It's really refreshing at times to go onto social media and say, oh, there's other people out there who Mm -hmm. are experiencing this way. I think those spiritual messages are a great validation. Uh, Naturally as humans, sometimes we tend to lean on that too much versus going within. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, and I, and I think part, I do believe part of the reason that we do that is because we're so starved to talk about energy, to understand mm-hmm. our energy, to feel what we're truly feeling. Mm-hmm. So we do that whatsoever. What are some themes that you've been holding space for channeling as of late? What are you noticing in the collective? What messages have been coming through? I'll go ahead and list them and then I'll just talk about the way that I I guess, bring those forward. Um, So Mm -hmm. the tendency to see all things as a pie chart and like certain people get bigger pieces of the pie and other people get smaller pieces and it's not fair. So um, not seeing life so much like that as a 
um, pie to take away from, but more like a an endless continuum. So my favorite um, metaphor for that is not that we are these separated individuals, but we are like this ocean and like the ocean ebbs and flows. And like there are waves that are being tall at the moment while other waves are not manifesting, right? And all work together. So when the tide comes in, another part of the tide goes out. And so it's kind of like, when my life seems low or my life seems stagnant, there's just another life that is doing something else that's complementary to that. So like I kind of see everything as this huge complement um, rather than a pie chart. People are taking things away. Um, it's a very competitive energy. So the more that we can see our connectedness with the collective, um, that tendency is so connected to like the survival mode that's been going on um, for a long time. We're really moving out of it and moving into this place where all people can be accommodated and we don't need to see, um, we just don't need to judge it so hard when we, we see people struggling because it really is just a, a part of life. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's that, there's, that's like kind of a, a big thematic thing. There's also, there's overwhelm coming in in June and um, I don't feel like it, it really is, um, there's anything to be done about it. It almost just feels like kind of like a cold snap comes in, like just overwhelm is coming in and people holding space for overwhelm, recognizing that the way that they hold life. So it, the in the way that I talked about like, oh, this week feels overscheduled for me but it's more about the way that I'm judging my own energy and my ability to show up for my schedule. So it can be a lot of the way that we hold our life, not that we are not resting enough, but when we are resting, we're worried about what we're not doing. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. That rings a bell. <laughs> yeah. So other themes, um, there's a lot of stuff about identity in um, May and um, discovering new things about identity, internal shifts. And it feels like um, in June, that's shifting into an awareness of one-on-one -on -one relationships. So how am I showing up in my one-on-one -on -one relationships? How are my past beliefs affecting the way that I trust people, um, the way that I choose to show up with people. A lot of this is like um, authenticity stuff as well. Also the contrast between authenticity and vulnerability, um, that they're different. And I think a lot of us are experimenting a little bit more with vulnerability um, in new ways. I talked about this morning, accommodating self. And understanding that us accommodating ourselves doesn't mean that we're taking away from other people or that we're being selfish. And mm -hmm. I love the magic. I think that's one of the things that I, um, that keeps me going with spirituality is how magical it can be. And there is, there's no line, um, sometimes between the magic and the day to day, you know? Sometimes I make videos and people are like, oh, there are fairies all around you. And I'm like, oh, I can't see them, but I wish I could. <laughs> yeah, right? That's such 
an interesting point. It makes me think about how one of the things that comes through for me that spirit just wants me to blare is every single human underestimates their personal power, heavily underestimates their personal power. And it's interesting to me that, and and I still underestimate my power in different ways. Like that's something I'll probably always be working on. And as I observe all of us going through this great healing process, it's going to be really interesting to me to see how we finally step into and align with whatever that is. But I think it's going to be needed for people to feel into their own personal intrinsic truth, their own personal magic in order for us to create the change on earth. They just said swift change. I don't know why they brought up swift, but I think that it's, there's definitely a link between those things. So I don't know if you saw my video, but like I spend a lot of time with like goats and sheep and dogs um, and animals don't do this. Animals don't underpower themselves. And like, I can sense every time I do a reading, the, the special ways, everyone has a very unique way of disempowering themselves. And it's whatever they believe that they're supposed to be. But like when you spend time with a pig, the pig is just like, hello, I'm a pig. Get out of my way. Like, you know, and I wish that humans did that. Humans are so afraid to hurt people's feelings. They, they want to strike the earth lightly. And it's almost, it almost feels like just a hesitance to make any mark don't want to be at fault for things. At least that's how it shows up for me. And I, I had a very talented um, energy worker clear me out one time. And it just felt like she fixed everything inside me that was a blockage temporarily. Like she just, she just zipped it up. She just put like a yellow brick road through all my chakras. And it lasted for like a month. It was beautiful. And what I felt during that time was like, oh, nothing is my fault. Like ultimately, Mm. um, there is of course a spiritual sense of karma. And like, if I wrong someone, I need to make that right. I need to make amends for it, but I don't need to be constantly looking out for it. Like if I hurt someone's feelings, I can become aware and I can make that right. But I'm really just like meant to live in my energy and not be withdrawing it to prevent something from happening right right that fear it's that old statement of what would we do if we had no fear Mm -hmm. it's it's the all those things so what do you think shifted after a month that you didn't feel the same way anymore i could feel my old traumas compiling again and when they first started what i realized is oh Okay, so I am always okay. I am perfect. I am like pure love. That's what it felt like. And then um, old beliefs, old hurts would just pile up in me. And like I would process them. So I'd be like, okay, I need to go in. I need to feel this and allow it to pass through. Um, So I would like let it pass through, right? And then another one would come in the next day. I'm like, get out of here. Like, this is old, like blockages. And what I realized is like, because I hadn't worked through that stuff, those traumas, like those were going to keep piling up. And so um, there's a TikTok uh, 
her name is All Things Woo. Um, she talks about the tendency to have blockages and how our blockages block source energy. She has a really clear channel on like how all this works. And um, that's really how it felt for me that there were past beliefs, past blockages, hurts, traumas that blocked seeing things clearly and working with source energy clearly. So um, when strong emotions come up for me, when negativity comes for me, I realize that I need to become a skilled person in allowing them, accepting them, not over identifying. There's just like spirituality for me can really boil down to how am I misusing my energy? Like how can I use it in the most loving and effective way that is in tune with myself as a spiritual being? And when I use fear, it kind of drains my energy. When I'm over-focused on anger, it drains my energy. When I get caught up with my past traumas, when I get caught up with blaming people, it wastes my energy. Not that I don't, that I need to reject the negative side of life, but that I need to be, be in better flow with it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's such a beautiful way to put it and we'll wrap it up with that. I do want to elaborate on one more thing, which is I, I, another, to me, another misnomer out there currently in the spiritual world is that energy healers or practitioners are going, it's going to be like a night and day experience. They're going to fix us. Hmm. And what I have found to be true is I can only hold space for as much as someone wants to shift and is doing their own internal work. So sometimes people show up for a session and like, I just want to see what my guides have to say. And I'm like, okay, interesting. And then there's other people who are going through so much of their own personal inner work that it is like, boom, 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 shift, shift, shift. They shift so much in session. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's such an interesting, uh, such an interesting experience that you had. And I think you put that so beautifully at the end is, yeah, the way that you look at your energy is a form to evolve and grow. So Mm -hmm. huge work, huge work that you're doing. And thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your practices and the information you're getting, because I know it's helping a lot of people. So thank you. Yeah, some people are so blocked off. And I don't, I don't know if people recognize that our ability to see them has a lot to do with their own ability to see themselves. Yeah. Uh, And like us as, um, you know, spiritual teachers, spiritual people who hold space for people spiritually, we often act as mirrors. So we're there to help you see parts of yourself that you don't see. Carl Jung said that um, people's, you know, people's shadow side often becomes invisible to them, but it's quite visible to everybody else who deals with them. And um, I've had a lot of practice interacting with people, seeing parts of people that they don't see in themselves. And so I can usually recognize a pattern where I go, oh, yeah, that lady five years ago, this person is doing the same kind of pattern here. So it's almost like a pattern recognition in people's psychology. And it really, like the people who are shut off, they can seem really present and really open, but their energy is not. 
And there are other people that are really standoffish and really almost um, their expressive side is shut down, but their energy is very clear like a window. And I don't think people are very practiced at um, like good energy hygiene. That's one of the things that I look to you to learn because I am um, like this shut off empath. I have denied my whole life that I was empathic. I have shut off to people's needs. And I recognize that was because I was actually so enmeshed with other people's needs that I would have probably died if I had stayed as empathic as I was when I was young. So I kind of became like this totally shut off person because it would have killed me because I was not skilled at this. Um, and as I open up my heart, I go, oh, wow, I was way too sensitive. It was way too big, too much empathy. And um, one of the tarot readers that I saw recently was like, you know that you take on people's energy, right? You know that other people's energy is going to affect you. You need to be doing more to protect yourself. And I was like, no, people don't bother me. Nope, not at all. I don't experience that. And she was like, yeah, you just haven't, you haven't connected with that part of yourself yet. You're still shut off a little bit. So I guess I have a little bit, I, I'm shifting a little bit into asking you about how to protect my energy when I'm in session with people, like any practices that you do after sessions to get more sovereign in your own energy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I love how we've all kind of come to this earth plane together as a mess. <laughs> you know, even, even though I practice this stuff, it's, I, I didn't like, jump into this earth plane knowing these things it's been through so much trial and error and it's gonna be a skill set i think we all continue to develop in this lifetime and i will sh i will answer your question and also what i like to say first is when it comes to those best practices i can give people a framework and then your energy is going to need something so specific to you mm -hmm. that Everything I share and teach is an invitation for mm -hmm. you to, you know, I'm a, I'm a tuning fork. I hold an intention. I hold a light. And then we all do this for each other. We're all tuning forks for each other. And then you can say, okay, so, you know, in this case, Emily shared X, Y, Z. I'm going to see, see how this feels for me and then what else comes up. And then that's how you develop exactly what it is that you need in order to have that. Uh, energetic sovereignty that you called it. And while we call it that, the guides at the same time are calling it this creativity. And hmm. one of the inner themes I'm seeing right now is how they are, spirit is here to help all of us feel so safe and secure in the expansion and growth of our energy, hmm. which is really cool, which is sort of a dichotomy from where we've been which is, mm -hmm. I was like you, I did a lot to shut things down. I did a lot to not feel things, to not see energy. I was just like, this does not feel good. It doesn't feel good to be so sensitive. And to your point, how do you uh, clear it up? So I, I'm asking spirit right now because 
it, it's always, the answer is always evolving. One of the things they say as humans, we have the power to do is just to clear our own energy. So that starts by just aligning with your inner light, just acknowledging it and setting the intention for divine healing energy to flow through you so that they're saying redefines, restructures, reclears your energy. And it is as simple as setting that intention and then knowing that it's done. Mm -hmm. So then they're saying at a human level, it's about what are we physically consuming in our bodies? How are we taking care of our bodies? They're also saying we have not been taught nearly enough, nearly enough on what it means to hold our bodies sacred. Mm. And there's, and they're saying so many of us, all of us, by the way, me too here and myself included, um, we don't cherish and love our physical bodies. They say we have not been taught that. And then especially if you're born into this lifetime as a woman or define yourself as a woman, or even it really doesn't matter how you define yourself, your body with awe. I feel like they're being a little bit idealistic right now. <laughs> so running energy for yourself, when I do sessions, running energy actually helps ground and then clears and then supports the session. Also, it helps close out the session kind of naturally. And then the spirit always explains to me, intention is everything. Mm. So as humans, we really love a process. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's actually far more simple than that. That's the other thing. They're like, energy is simple. It's like one of the universal laws of energy. It's far, they're like, energy work is simple and humans make it complicated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the other thing that I notice about your energy work stuff is like, it is so easy and quick. I'm, I'm so used to dealing with the physical, like on the physical level where things take time. Spiritually, I forget everything is like, it can happen in the blink of an eye. There is no time attached to it. And you're like, all right, yeah. it's done. I'm like, no, it's not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel that. I feel that. Well, and part of the reason that's the case is because we're all being guided through this greater understanding that we are always an energetic being as opposed to, okay, I'm going to carve out 20 minutes today to meditate or I'm going to go see an energy practitioner to receive energy on Tuesday, the 5th at, you know, 5 PM. They want us to, that's part of us being in our powers, realizing, okay, I'm always energetic. How do I get, how do I remind myself of that throughout the day? How do I support myself mm -hmm. throughout the day with that? So, yeah. So, um, just simply setting intentions for, they're saying clarity in sessions, meaning like clear energy, safety, protection, whatever it is you need. Mm -hmm. And then same with right afterwards, you know? So yeah, mm -hmm. but it feels like you're already doing that. <laughs> so what I have also been taught is that the more integrity we have with energy, the more that which is of the light expands within us and around us. So when someone shows up for a session, my purpose is to hold space for them for that 45 minutes, hour, however long it is. And then at that point, it's my ethical responsibility to let it go. It's that responsibility to myself and to them. And I also know that by nurturing my light, by holding my light, by coming more into love with myself, bringing more of that out into the world, I'm actually doing more people a service. 
I'm yeah, I'm getting a, a message yeah. which is um we need to model good like personal energy hygiene so that other people can have the um permission to do that for themselves because people get too involved with helping each other and they don't do it in a productive way. So it's, it's almost that we are the models for this as well for other people who would practice this. Yeah. And I see it in my clients too. I get a lot of questions about parenthood. And one of the things the guides say is the more you care for yourself, the more you nurture yourself, the more you take time for yourself, your child sees that pattern mm. and they will then instate that for themselves. But naturally as parents, we just want to, you know, keep them in a bubble, <laughs> keep them happy and safe and, and that, and we put them ahead of ourselves. So it feels very contradictory as being a protective, loving, caring parent to say, I'm going to take some time away. I'm going to care for myself. I'm going to go do this. But it really teaches the child then how to self-sustain, which is important. So, you know, and one of the other themes that's coming up and the things that I'm getting excited to teach is how do we lean back into ourselves and hold and support ourselves so that I can break down in front of someone else, in front of a child and say, this is how you hold yourself through the process. Mm -hmm. This is how you hold your light. Your, your, it's okay to have it look ugly in a certain way. And then at the same time also, and at times we need to reach out for help. We need medical help too sometimes. So yeah. it's a balance, right? I mean, you're talking more about the day-to-day -day stuff. Um, I just want to acknowledge that for some people, it gets to the point where they do need uh, medical support and that's all right too. So. Yeah. I was talking to yeah. someone yesterday right. who was, who was clearly like harping on themselves for taking medication for their, um, PTSD. And I was like, you know, you can uh -huh. be a fully functioning human being and also take medication like that would be okay. And as much support as you need is okay. There tends to be a pattern in dysfunctional families where, the child will be expected to be the emotional support for the parent. So I think that's where trauma can come in yeah. there that like, I read a book about um, like mothers and sons and how sometimes there will be a father that's not in the picture. And so the son becomes the partner. Um, so that can come in too. And that was definitely a theme with my mom and me. Um, that we're getting a little bit far out, but that, I don't know that just came up. I don't want to go too far off topic for you, but it's a very relevant topic and it could be its own podcast in its entirety. So, but it does bring it full circle to the fact that it's imperative. We take care of our own energy first, because that's how we heal all of these broken patterns that we've talked about and shared and support each other in community and share these stories in community. And I also, it's really important to me too, that, you know, as I'm going to figure out how much of my process and my story I'm going to share, I'm fine sharing it. I just want to share it in a way that's helpful because I want people to understand you're meant to be, I guess, broken is a good word, like not perfect and spiritual because I think we see spirituality as perfection and mm -hmm. that's what stops us from doing anything. Else. Yep. Whereas spirituality to me is the opposite of perfection. It's 
the, this path. It's this wounded, wobbly journey. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I mean, there's are. there is such a tendency to to ignore the bottom three chakras, like the because uh, it's the messiness of life. It is the money and sexuality and like food and shelter and needs and how much we just, especially spiritual people, we just want to go from the heart chakra up and just float away into the astral realms. And so much of it is like, all the time. It, yeah, just integrating the messiness and the grossness and the ugliness and hugging it in and making, making it a part of everything. And yeah, this was this was such a good conversation. I knew this was going to be a good conversation. I'm so glad that I just decided to make some space for me to feel tired because it ended up that I was able to bring forth what I wanted to. So thank you so much for allowing that space. Absolutely. It's my honor always to hold space in all the ways. So thank you. And yes. where can people find you? Uh, so it's brownintuitive.com. I only have one page so far because I'm still building it out, but I have um, Patreon. It's called Brown Intuitive, and um, I'm working on a lot of writings. I do meditations on my Patreon, and uh, mostly you can find most of my content on TikTok. It's the same, Brown Intuitive. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Elsie. It was wonderful to chat with you today. And thank you for putting your knowledge into the world and your energy into the world, whatever that might look like. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Yes. I'm so grateful for you. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you.